swivel. Hey guys, I'm Jaden and I'm a mum, a business owner, a lullaby composer and now a podcast host. It's tricky juggling it all, but as the saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. So I'm bringing in my mum friends to co-host alongside me throughout the series. Each week we try and entertain and support mums who are going through the shitty hard times to hopefully make you laugh and support you in your journey. On the podcast, we talk to lots of experts to do a deep dive into the issues that affect us as mums and hope by sharing this alongside our own stories, we can help mums feel like they are validated and appreciated. Join us for a whirlwind of an episode this week on Mummy Village. So this week, guys, we have Adriana back again. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm back. I think I did that last time. Yeah. <laughs> You've done it every I'm back again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's jump right into the highs and lows. You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. What's a high? What's a low? Talk to me. All right. A high this week and what's been happening over the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. is my son has now shown me his singing skills and loves to sing with me. <laughs> For you guys that don't know, Adriana is a singer. She really loves singing. So this is a really big deal. It's oh a big deal God. because I've literally been singing out loud to him since he was born. Aww. And now he sings along with me. But also he tells me to stop so he can sing on his own. Maria does that with me. He's like, stop. No, he goes, no, Mummy Nicholas' turn. And I'm like, no, it's Mummy's turn now. So, yeah, oh, that's, that's a really brilliant. big high for me because we've just been spending our day singing together. Oh, that's awesome. I know. So that that's my high. It's been great. Yeah. So a low, which I think is very fitting for this week for our special guest. Yeah. Nicholas is sleep. Yes. He's a good sleeper, but he has been rocked from birth. Yes. Okay. So I've been rocking him. I co-sleep with him, which is, for me, right. it's absolutely fine. But he doesn't want to be rocked anymore. So he says, Mama bed. But then he goes on the bed and he's wide awake. He's playing around. So it's just a fight. Okay. So, so now I, it's a fun activity. Now it's a fun him. activity. So I do, okay. you know, I put the routine in place. Let's have a bath, bottle, book, bed, all the bees. All um, the bees. Yeah, all right. the bees. But it, yeah, he just wants to play. It's like yeah, the bed that? is a play place. That's really interesting. You know, I don't go sleep. No. Right, so that's good. That's so fitting for our episode this week. It is, it is. So, so I, you're probably I'm really it. excited. Yes, I've got so many questions. So a high and low for me would be. I have to say, this is a tough one. I came in today, and Jaden was on another level. I was like, just I was free. You mean so being in the car with my two year old and having a road rager in the car. The reason why it was such a low for me is because I couldn't retaliate because I had the two year old in the car. Not that I would retaliate in a way that was like not acceptable. I know, but sometimes you just, when people push it. Well, she pushed it. That's what I mean. This woman It takes a lot to not retaliate. Okay. And I just had to laugh at her. Like she was going off at me like an absolute sociopath. Could she see Maria? Like, do you think she saw Maria? No, I don't think she saw Maria. Yeah. That was a low for me because I had Maria in the car and she was like going on and on and on and on. And then I couldn't retaliate and I just laughed and just went, ha, ha, ha. But the high for this week, Mm -hmm. oh my God, stop. Okay. So Georgia had an interview for her primary school next year. An interview? An interview. Stop. (laughs) 
Okay. And I was like, oh my God, this is so adorable. And Stelios, my husband's like, what do we need to be for? Like she's four years old. I said, I don't know, but they've asked for an interview. So we need to go for an interview. We get there. From the moment we sit down in the interview room, Georgia, mummy, mummy, I'm thirsty. Mummy. Did you have to be really professional? Oh, yeah. My daughter is the greatest. Yeah. No, like I was like, I don't know what questions you're going to ask her, but you know, good luck, like have fun with it. So then she's asking Georgia. So this is like a bit of a a proud moment. Okay. And they're like, so because we learned about Georgia too in that moment, (laughs) right? She brings out the shapes. What shape is this? She's like triangle. And then she's like, what shape is this? And I was like, oh, it's a diamond shape, right? She goes square. And she goes, (laughs) yes, you're correct. Idiot me. She had it in a shape of a diamond straight. It's an actual square. Uh-huh. And she goes, all the sides equal the same. Oh, good job. Einstein. Okay. And then, because I'm not an academic, but my husband is, so he couldn't give a shit about this stuff. Whereas I'm like, oh my God, yes, be smart. And then the proudest moment for me was when the teacher was like, the principal was like, now this is a really, really hard one, Georgia. Not many people get this. So it's okay if you don't, we just keep learning our shapes. She goes, that's a hexagon. That's easy. Oh, my God. Stelios and I were like, what just happened? We were so proud. We were super, super proud. It was a really, really proud yeah, moment. You don't, underst- you don't realize how much they actually retain. Like, yeah. Nicholas will say something and I'll be like, when have I ever said that? Yes. Like, I don't even realize you're taking this in. I couldn't believe so it. So that's why you really got to be careful what you say. Yeah. Can I interject with a producer's note on that? As somebody that has done a lot of interviews for a school enrollment, they're not really checking out the kid, they're checking out you. What do you mean? Well, it's more, will this family partner with us if things get tough? Well, then I think I aced it. How would they assess that? They have to meet the kid and ensure that if there are any particular needs that they're going to be able to meet them. But- they're also, was it public or private? I was going to say public don't do that. Yeah, no, they're, so they're making sure that they can partner I with I thought you. that, and it's funny that Scotty says that because they said to me, what do you do with her when she wasn't getting things? Like she didn't get the sounds, like work, the phonics, right? She got some of them. And I said, look, I'm so open. Like, what do you want from us as parents to help her get prepared more so for kindergarten? And she's like, that's a great question. And I'm glad that you asked that. So every day, like, you know, if, if when she's sitting at the dinner table, you can say four, F for four. And I was like, oh, she goes, just add it into your everyday life. Like it doesn't have to be a sit down tutorial thing. It can be just a part of life. And I was like, well, I said, okay, so I can't wait until June. What they're looking for is experiences I've had where the kid is like completely dismantling the office and the parents aren't paying attention. They've got very limited reasons why they can say no, but if they're oversubscribed, then they can just recommend enrollment or not. It's not like they don't want kids that are not going to be perfect because none of them are. They're not fully cooked humans yet, but it is more if you have no control over them and you're not trying to exert control or if your values aren't aligned, like, you know, because they are a faith-based school. And so I ace that to a T. I will say, I was like, Georgia, mommy's talking right now. Daddy's talking. We will be with you in a second. You just draw, show me what you can draw. And then like, as the principal was talking to Stelios and I, I was giving Georgia her letters to write. So I was quite engaged with Mm. Georgia whilst I was talking to the principal. But at one point I was like, Georgia, come on, please. Like she normally just sits there and doesn't say anything. No, that's always the And all day she's like, mommy, mommy, really interrupting me. I'm like, Georgia, where are your manners? And then she kept saying thank you to the woman. And she's like, the principal, and the principal's like, beautiful manners. I said, yes, she does. 
That's one thing I definitely pride myself on as a parent. So that's my high and that's my low for the week. Awesome. But talking about your low, <laughs> I'm so, so excited to welcome Jen Hamilton from What Baby to the Mummy Village. Jen is a mum of three who has over 30 years of experience as a mother craft nurse who shares her knowledge and experiences to help mums everywhere. And when Maria was born, Maria did a little photo shoot for Jen. Mm-hmm. She's worked with the likes of like Zoe Marshall, mm. Leah Campbell, like she's worked with big names and they've sworn by her. So I'm super excited to have her on as a guest this week. We've been in talks for a while now to get her on. So we've finally come up with a day and time that works for both of us. So Jen, welcome to Mummy Village. Hi. Hi, Jaden. Hi, Adriana. Hello. We're so excited to have you. So excited. I have a lot of questions. (laughs) Can you please tell us about What Baby? I would love to. So What Baby, it's a concept. So what is a concept that I've designed or created through 32 years experience, I guess, of being a mother class nurse? I did have a book years ago called Maternal Matters, which was a self-published book. And it was written for people to have as a reference after I'd helped them in their homes with their babies so they could refer back. And then I decided to create an app from that book and created a concept called The Windows of Time, What for short. And so The Windows of Time is a concept that I found works really well in educating new parents with their babies and sort of guides them through the windows of time. So each window, like for feeding, sleeping and playing, but also it guides you through the different stages of development. So we all know babies change so quickly. Rapidly. Particularly, yeah, particularly in that first six to 12 months. So that's where my focus is. And the windows of time guides you through those really fast, rapid stages, changes of development and helps parents sort of navigate through that and really gently set up foundations in the beginning for sleep and routine. And as your baby develops, your baby then slowly is guided into a routine that works for the family. And it comes back to education, I think, for new parents. Education, knowing what to expect. So that's how what was created. And of course, it's tongue in cheek. So watch, like, what baby? I don't have a baby. (laughs) My baby's fast asleep. (laughs) My baby's fast asleep. So yeah, so it's not just sleep, it's the whole, it's the whole. I love it. So um, good. It's the whole thing, not just sleep. Well, you sort of said that you were a mother craft nurse. Now for those of the listeners that don't know what it is, myself included, can you just explain that a little bit more? Yeah, so I'm I'm very proud to call myself a mother craft nurse. It's not something that's widely known about anymore, but I trained at Karatani 32 years ago and Karatani is a hospital, well it was a hospital and a foundation that cares for mothers and fathers and the health and well-being of new parents and I trained there at the residential unit in Randwick and then I went on to work at Tresillian which is another hospital and I worked in the residential unit there for a few years as a mothercraft nurse. So we teach mothercraft basically. 
are very wow. old fashioned, of course, because oh, now it's so nice. parents, yeah. but mother craft. And so looking after the health and well-being of the mother whilst teaching them how to care for their babies. The craft of being a mother. mother. I get it now. Yes. I love that. That's great. So great. that sort of mother craft nurses and now there's lots of sleep consultants, I guess. But we've got you because you're the best. Now, thank you. I like to think that, yeah, I take a holistic approach and it's not just about the sleep. Sleep's really important, but it's about looking at all of the other aspects to routine and your baby and their growth and development. And then we get mums and dads feeling confident about those other things, then good sleep will follow. What does a day look like with you, Jen? Can you give us like a little bit of a rundown on what it looks like? Okay. So I offer a few services, but the two main ones with one-on-one support would be a Zoom consult and the other one is a home visit. So a Zoom consult, obviously, is we jump on a Zoom and we have a chat. So there's just people all over the world and we will have a chat about their baby where they're at and I send them some information that's relevant to where they're at and what they're going through. And so it's spend one to two hours on Zoom, really nutting it out. And then I would keep in contact with that family. They would contact me by text or email over the next few days for support. Amazing. The other one is a home visit where I would go to somebody's home in the morning. So the home visit starts with me sending the appropriate information, routines and things for that baby. So what to expect and what we're going to be doing with the bub and the things that we're going to be changing. And then the night before, I will call the family and ask them if they have any questions and talk about what they need to do from the very next morning before I arrive, because that's where the magic starts to happen. And they have to literally get up before I get there and start making the changes. So we make sure that their sleep environment is primed and ready to go beforehand and that they're confident and that they get up that very first day and start implementing things. And then I arrive at 9 or 9.30 and we keep going with that implementation. And what I do is I just really pump those parents up and I get them feeling really (laughs) confident about what they're doing but most importantly why they're doing it and if you understand the why and why you're doing it and why it's important and why your baby behaves the way they behave and why your baby behaves that way when you change something so you Mm -hmm. know what to expect then that's what gives the parent that confidence And then what we do is within that window that I'm there, we go through the whole process of playtime, feed time, sleep time, settling the processes of sleep, resettling, which is where the magic happens. That's the most important piece of the puzzle. And then whilst we're going through all of that, we really discuss the science of sleep. And I I literally talk the parents through the process of baby going to sleep and then what happens when they wake up, when they're going to wake up and then how to guide them back to sleep. And also what to do when it doesn't work. So guide them with, okay, that didn't work. What do we do now? And that gives them the confidence because they see, they see that it doesn't have to work. They see that their baby is okay. Or they see that their baby, that they do respond. And so then we focus on the positives. So then I go home and if they might text me all day with questions and then that evening I'll jump back on and we chat for another half an hour or so in the evening, get them paired and confident for that night. 
And then the next morning, I then jumped back on and we talked about what happened that night before. And so really that first four days, I'm closely in contact with the parent and I guide them through the whole process. So there's a lot of support, but also a ton of knowledge. That's something that I need. Like I need to know why I'm doing it Mm. and what the benefits are. So for example, like I'm struggling at the moment, Jen, because I have a two-year-old. You met when she was like six weeks old. Beautiful Maria. Yeah, Yeah, little Maria. And she was a great sleeper. And when I say that, I mean, I was able to put her down, walk away and she would sleep. Now... When I put her down, it's like a terrorist. Yes, thank you. It's like (laughs) unbelievable. And before she didn't do that. And it's like, Mm. oh my God. And I am that parent that I can let them cry it out a little bit. See, I'm not. Yeah, you're (laughs) not. not. Whereas I am. Like I let I let her cry it out yesterday. And when I say cry it out, like I Mm. went back in to check in on her and say, I'm here, mummy's here, but I'm stepping out now because it's bedtime. We need to go to sleep. I'm probably getting it so wrong. We walked out like, what do you do, Jen, if they're not comfortable with hearing the baby cry at all? So first of all, we have to get clear on what cry it out is. Mm -hmm. And cry it out is literally putting your child into bed, closing the door, walking away and not going back in until the morning, no matter what they do. Oh, no, I don't so do that. And not opening the door until the oh, next God. morning. That's what cried out is. So is that a strategy that people still use? Yes, and I've heard pediatricians talk about that strategy and there are some people that may still use that strategy. It's really the concept of cried out is that, you know, your baby just cries it out until they're exhausted and they go to sleep. And so it's quite hard for a sleep consultant and definitely myself, I'm talking for myself here, because people will use the terminology cried out Which and I refer it to the things that I do. Yeah. yeah and it's not you. cried out at all. And so what I do is educate the parents in what is happening and how children communicate, particularly babies. So I'm very passionate about that education on development. So our babies are born with 20% brain development and they're basically born with just, they're just one big instinct. So everything's mm. an instinctual behavior with a newborn. And if they didn't, and the mums, we didn't have all the hormones raging and that fight or flight thing going on, we wouldn't feed our babies and we wouldn't bond with them. So our babies cry and it's, a, it's an instinct to get loved, to get fed, to get looked after. That's what the cry is about. But very quickly, our babies develop, the brain starts to develop and they start to learn about the world and and then things start to become learned behaviours. And so when babies are newborn, we can put them off to sleep because we just sort of satisfy those instincts. We feed them, we wrap them, we rock them, we hold them and their brains just go to sleep literally instantly and they'll go into deep sleep. But as they develop and wake up to the world, they then have to, when they're going to sleep, have to switch off from the world. So right. just like us, we get into bed and we have to wind down and switch wind off down, from yeah. what, what happened during the day. So our babies have to do that. And we don't allow them to do that as they're grown because we're obsessed with getting our babies to sleep and keeping mm-hmm. them asleep. And we put our babies to sleep with jummies and rocking and feeding and all these things. Then as the babies get older, I find all the time, you know, a 10-month-old, and I did a home visit just the other day, and poor dad, he stays at home, mum goes to work. 
and he's rocking his big nugget of a 10-month-old gorgeous boy, rocking him off to sleep. Oh, my gosh, Jen, can I say I have a a one-and-a-half-year-old and I'm in that right now. So he actually tells me, Yeah. so I've been rocking him. And now he tells me, no, mummy, bed. But then I put yes. him down on the bed and he thinks it's playtime. So I grab yes, him again and I'm... because because he's confused. He doesn't understand mm. the beginning of bedtime and, and the end. He's telling you now that you're getting in the way because he's trying to switch off and go to sleep. But yes. he's developed now, so half his brain is focused on you and the other half is doing what his body needs to do and he's trying to go to okay. sleep. So it'll be like you trying to sleep and the window's open and there's a storm outside and the curtain's flapping and you're awake but you're just so tired you don't want to get out of bed to close the curtain or close the window. The other half of your brain is going, but I just want to go to sleep. And it can be hard. So this 10-month-old dad was saying it was taking him in the evenings up to two hours to rock him off to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then it was becoming longer and longer and longer and longer. And that's because the child's, their body is trying to sleep and you're actually, and I say this without most respect, Adriana, but you're actually stopping them from being able to do that. It'd be like you trying to go to sleep and someone tapping you on the shoulder going, no, not just yet, not just yet. But they don't understand how to communicate that to you. So it's really up to us as parents to give them what, and I always say, give them what they need, not what you think they want. Because I don't know what they want. Yeah. I think I just, sorry, (laughs) Jaden. I just think I found it a bit difficult because when I do rock him, like you said, I know he goes to sleep. But when I put him on the bed, which is what he wants, I find that the whole self-soothing, it looks like it's playtime for him. So at one and a half, I would expect to a good sleeper, I would expect to put them into bed at the end of the day and to them to take up to a whole sleep cycle, 45 minutes or so, to actually go through the processes of sleep. So I'd expect them to lie in bed or in the cot and play with their comforter or roll around in different positions and then start the process of winding down into light sleep and then into deep sleep. So that's where you see the play thing. But when you're constantly interrupting that process, they're overtired. So they've got further to unwind from. So that's why you see active play happening. Right. Okay. (laughs) So Jen, just to reiterate, like if you've got a family that's super uncomfortable with allowing their baby to self-soothe, for example, yeah, what happens then? Because I loved what you just said then, like, let's call crying it out what it actually is. It's closing the door and never walking back mm. in until the next morning. That's right. I loosely always say, oh, yeah, I let my girls cry it out, but I'm not closing the door and letting them sleep until the next morning. Like, I'm going back in to say, I'm here, let's go back to sleep. So I'm actually not letting them cry it out. I'm going back in. I'm doing like seven-minute intervals. You're going back going, in and having a conversation. You don't have a conversation at the age of two. That's one thing I would change immediately. Okay. When you okay. go back so, in, when you go back in, you don't negotiate. Don't she's the biggest negotiator. So I think <laughs> for our listeners that are listening, because it's become about Adriana and I now in our personal things with the kids. But what would we do, like for a listener that's like, no, absolutely no, I just don't, yeah. don't want it. Yeah. What would you then yeah. say to those families? Well, first of all, it is your choice. You have to do what's right and what sits comfortably with you as a parent. My job is to educate and to just give the facts, basically. And so when a parent, and I get asked all the time, does this work for every baby? Well, first of all, 
there's nothing to work. It's just sleep guidance and you choosing that that's your way to parent. But basically, they say, does this not work for some babies? And I go, well, when you're working with me, there's point one of a percent of parents. And they go, well, why is that? And I go, well, it's either there's something underlying like a medical condition and something that we haven't picked up, but through the process of elimination and the windows of time, that's the beauty of it. We can actually pick up if there's something that we've missed, like if things yeah. don't progress the way they're supposed to. And so it's a process of elimination. So we can actually find out what the problem is rather than trying to guess all the time. And the other group of is that the parents just start ready emotionally. So crying is very emotional and crying to an adult, we perceive it as hurt and pain and abandonment mm. and all of those things. Abandonment, and that's so, a huge one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so us as adults, we've been the way we were parented, our journey in life, our experiences and what we've been through. It's a lot and depends what's happened to us. And so when our babies cry, we might perceive them as having those same feelings that we feel. 100%. So parents can feel quite uncomfortable yeah. when their babies cry. And it's an instinctual thing which starts from the beginning where it's fight or flight. Our babies cry, we're up, we feed them, we do something, mm -hmm. they stop crying, oh, we yeah. feel better. And that happens, that's supposed to happen in the beginning. But if it's still happening when your baby is 9 to 12 months old, and it's still that fight or flight and you're just reacting, then yeah, it becomes a habit. Our baby's crying, don't like that, stop them, I feel better. And Got so we'll you. find any excuse that we can find to like, you know, oh, they don't like the beds and I pick them up or they're scared of their cart or that lady on Instagram said I shouldn't let them cry or, you know, they'll need therapy forever. I find myself doing that all the time, just having yeah. an excuse like, oh, he's overtired. That's why he's crying. Exactly. And that is why he's crying. And so I find with the clients that I work with, yeah, they are overtired and yes, they do cry. And yes, it's not easy that first 12 hours of change for the baby. But babies are creatures of habit. They live in the here and the now. They don't remember. They don't have the cognitive development to remember yeah. yesterday. And they don't yes. know tomorrow's coming. They're not that smart. So really, it's just what you do every day. So when you put your baby down to start with and ask them to settle with your guidance, it's not sleep training. You can't train a human to do what God gave us. Yeah, God gave really. us the gift to be able to sleep. So you can't train a person to do that, but you can guide them and say, this mm -hmm. is bedtime. This is how we go to sleep. And when you do that, you do it with confidence and put all the other pieces together. Then really your baby doesn't stop crying because they've just given up. They think you don't love them. They just start smiling when you put them to base. I love your approach because it is very holistic. Your aim isn't just to get them to sleep. It's the bigger picture. It's the bigger picture and it's the long haul. And I think that's really, really important. That's why I wanted to get you on because really? I personally, I'm a bit biased. Like I think in the sleep world, you are the best. Oh, and I you. And I think that's because when I met you, the way that you spoke and what I saw you do with Maria, it very much aligned with me and our family's like values. Mm. And it is a very gentle approach. Mm. There was no... I just instantly, I had never met you before and I instantly felt safe <clears throat> with you. Instantly felt yeah. safe with Maria being in your arms and she felt it too, instantly. So I think my next question is, what is the best time to introduce a bedtime routine? 
The best tip is to be educated and obviously our resources, you know, the app, the What Baby Bible, these resources will educate you on your baby's development. And so as your baby starts to develop, so around three to four weeks, I mean, all babies are different, but most commonly you'll find your baby wakes up around then, starts crying more, isn't asleep at the end of a feed, is a little bit more wakeful during the day. So it's at that time that you can start putting your baby down awake. They've finished their feed and they're awake and they're happy mm. and changed. As your baby shows you those signs and as you can see your baby developing. So yeah, a newborn baby, you wouldn't let them cry very much and you'd be absolutely very hands-on. But being hands-on and loving doesn't mean you have to have them up in the pouch and carrying them around 24-7 hands-on is giving it a go and trying each time to settle them in the bassinet or the cot. And it's just starting little things but like that, being brave and changing their nappy just before you put them down or just before you swaddle them and putting them down wide awake and actually wanting to do that, like creating mm. that from the start. My baby goes to bed awake and I help them and guide them as they go off to sleep. And so then as your baby grows and develop, that's all they know. But unfortunately, I get calls all the time. Babies are four months plus and help, you know, and then we have to fix the problem. But, you know, and it's only a problem if it's a problem for your family. I'm not saying that baby is not sleeping Absolutely. is a problem because everybody that knows me knows that I go, oh, well, if they don't sleep, they don't sleep. And we're very obsessed as new parents to get our babies to sleep, keep them to sleep. And my job is to show you that it's okay if they don't. But it's what you do during that time and what you do after that time, which will give you the better, bigger picture and more consistent night sleeping. You know, that sounds amazing. For myself, <laughs> my own experience, I tried to put my son down in the bassinet and guide him through that sleep. But he used to throw up every time I put him down. So me being a first-time mum. How old are we talking? Newborn. Yeah, it's called positive and it's very normal. Exactly, very normal. But again, being a first-time mum, I looked at him. Yeah, I looked at him and I was like, how can I put my son down and let him just vomit like that? Like I have to hold him. Yeah. And I created a, a sleeping habit of him sleeping in my arms. And it usually does start early. It starts early from an experience, so birth experience or a bad feeding experience. Or people around you with the negative comments or things like yeah. that, that just that exactly. terrify you as a mum. And then you're always with whatever else is going on. As You know, now that he's one in a house and eating lamb chops, you still probably have a fear <laughs> of him throwing up. Yeah, exactly. So, and yeah. look, that brings us to our next question was, can holding a newborn too often then start a bad sleeping habit? None at all. None at all. My passion is about the parent being educated, really educated and knowing what's coming next and knowing why your baby behaves a certain way at different stages of development and how they change so that you can change with them. When you have that information, you can make informed decisions that suit you. So if you go, well, I just want to hold my baby for the first six weeks, but I know then that my baby is more developed and then I can do this or that. Rather than 
I see parents who are still holding their babies at 10 months of age, like I said. Yeah, I find yeah. it really sad because now dad presents that and he doesn't know what else to do because yeah, it's because just been for 10 months, excuse after excuse after excuse, yeah, exactly. because he just didn't know what else to do. And so my job is to tell you and show you and educate you that there is something else you can do. So if you want to hold your baby all day long, that's great. If you want to put your baby down and teach them to self-settle right off the bat, then that's great too, as long as you're a loving parent and you love them with all your heart. Either way, it still makes you a loving parent. Yeah, exactly. It's really true. You had a question about sleep regression, which is what I was just about to ask, but you asked that because I think Maria is going through a sleep regression now. Yeah, I think for people that obviously don't know what a sleep regression is, like it's a term that I know has come up a lot. But what are they? What do you do when they happen? Like, do you have any advice? Why do they happen? (laughs) Well, I've been doing this for 32 years and I tell you what, and I've got three kids. My eldest is 23 and I hadn't heard the term sleep regression probably the last five years is probably... I don't know. It's a thing. Wow. I, I don't know where it's come from. And we rely on these things. I find it. It's quite, it's quite a scary terminology, regression. It's quite yeah. negative. And the thing that regresses is the parent. And I say that with respect, but parents, you know, and let's say you've got a baby that sleeps really well and I hear it all the time up until they're four, three and a half, four months. And then all of a sudden, hear parents say it all the time, my baby used to be such a good sleeper. Now they must be going through the regression. And I say, the first question is, what do you do now? What did you start doing? And they go, well, we went back to feeding because I thought they might have been having a growth spurt or we started going and put the dummy in more often or... And so you start doing all these things to make your baby sleep, thinking that they're waking because there's a reason or you have to fix it. And so you get involved in their sleep and then everything regresses from that point. So I'm talking basically about the four-month sleep progression at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Where that's just your baby. They're not then all of a sudden hungry or need lots of help. They slept before so they can still sleep. What's happening is they're having more sleep cycles and more periods of lighter sleep. And so during that lighter sleep phase, because they're more active, their brain switches on at night time. And so they might wake up and then be noisy about it. Mum and dad come in to see what's up and get involved yeah and then before you know it it's party central at 3 a.m every night i need so my husband on that's... this call jen because he party centrals it every <laughs> single night we're having discotheking in my lounge yeah. room every single night before bed and he's like our kids don't get overstimulated they go to sleep and i'm like yeah. i'm telling you now no. they get overstimulated yeah. when your baby's so older children are older it's good to have that connection time but also good to think about sleep and what we need and what they need. Yeah, and so the other regressions are more physical things going on. So babies learning to do things, crawling, rolling, standing up, all these things. And your baby might be busy, their brains are busy trying to file all of this information away so that then the next day they can get up and master the art. And for a few days or a couple of days whilst that information, there's an overload of it because their bodies just want to do these things. There's an overload of information that can intercept their sleeping pattern. So if you just stay consistent and write it out, then after a couple of days with any of those sorts of regressions with the older baby, it should be done and dusted literally within a couple of nights. Wow. Done and dusted. 
I love that. Well, in terms of the baby waking and needing lots yeah, of help. Yeah. So it's about going, well, yeah, my baby's awake. Why are they? So ruling out that they're not sick, ruling out what all the other things are. And if the day before they were fed and watered, happy, loved, all the rest of it, but you go, oh, well, they, I saw them trying to roll over today, then maybe it's just that. And maybe they just need some guidance without you getting involved and guiding them back to sleep and accepting that, yeah, we were up for an hour or two last night guiding back to sleep. But then the next night it doesn't happen and they sleep right through that. Okay, so sleep regressions, we've ticked that off. Um, Can we tick one more thing off before we move on? Just your thoughts on co-sleeping. So Jaden brought it up before, but tips on transitioning to their own bed. If a question for Adriana. <laughs> I enjoy co-sleeping. It's more for him. My thoughts on co-sleeping. Honestly. Be as honest as you like. I'm all for cuddles and bed and things like that. Again, it's your parenting style, so I'm not going to judge any parent who wants to co-sleep whatsoever. You know, it's done in many cultures around the world and, and a lot of people, I'm only one person, I only deal with a handful of people you know, in the world, really. And there's a lot of people that co-sleep and they're fine. And if you're happy and the baby's happy and everyone's happy and things are working for you and you can see that the baby is not too tired during the day and things like that, then all good. Co-sleeping scares me with little babies, obviously, and I know how tired mothers in particular can get and dads. So it's the danger part for me with little babies, older babies. As soon as they go into a light sleep, it's like they become busy looking for you and they know that you're there. So it's like waking up and then going, oh, mum's right there. And so they start thinking mm. about you rather than just rolling over and going back to sleep. If it's okay and it's all working, then that's great. But I look at it from the child's perspective and I find I can only go off the babies that I work with in the families and they've called me because... They can see that their baby's not happy during the day. And when I say happy, they're not sort of coping with their active 12 hours the next day. You know, the first five years are so important in terms of development and what they learn and what they take in. And their brains and their bodies are so busy. So it'd be like us doing a, you know, working seven days a week and just then not sleeping any night, you know. So it's about if we think of it in that sort of way. I don't know. I just I never look passionate like about that. little people and their development. Yeah. And and I think yeah, yeah. when we sleep with babies, we tend to disturb them and they don't get the best rest that they possibly could get. And if they get good rest at night, then they can get lots of love and cuddles during the day. I love that and the way that you answered that because I've never ever really looked at it from the kids point of view Mm. like you're right Jen like the co-sleeping feels good because when we're so tired the last thing we want to do is get up and then have to put baby into bed the easiest thing is just get them up let them sleep with you for a bit you both get some sleep and whatever have you but then that becomes a bit of a habit and then Mm. it's no longer working like in your instance it's no longer working with Nicholas because he's probably thinking this is a fun time and also mum's going to be here and when he's waking up in the middle of the night if you're not there where's mum I need mum I think yeah that's that's the never looked at it like that that's the main thing now because he is a breastfed baby doesn't want it throughout the day but then at night at about four in the morning he's looking for me and he wants that so that's it and that's all that he knows so it's normal how he's going to respond if you change things That's normal. Mm -hmm. And I always say with older babies, it's going to be that transition, as you put it. It's always going to be a lot harder for the parent than it is for the child. 
the child's just going to do what we've taught them to do. They're just going to mm-hmm. do what they think is normal. And it's not going to be lying there going, oh, I've been abandoned and yeah. I'm you know, here in that room and how dare she. He's not that smart. But yes, he is going to call. And to him, he's got no concept of time. So he'll call exactly. out in the bed for 30 seconds and then you wake up and you feed him. Or he'll call out in the bed like his own cot. And I'm not saying you would leave him for an hour. You would be guiding him. But he would cry for an hour that first time. But to him, it's the same 30 seconds. It's just he goes from being awake to then finding the deep sleep again. And how he gets there, that's up to you, how he gets to that other stage. I'm onto this. (laughs) I am onto this now. You need to see Jen. As I said before, Jen, I'll be calling you. (laughs) And transitioning, there's no such thing as transitioning for little people. You can't transition in terms of a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Practice in this bedroom during the day back in my bed at night. There's none of that. It's you wake up one day and you implement the changes and that's This it. is what it and is. And you stay consistent. Because they don't understand all the concepts that we understand. They don't mm, think yeah. the same way that we do. They're just looking at you for guidance. So what you show them is normal. That's all they know. I love that. That's great. And then as they get older, then things like at two, their imagination starts to develop. So then you've got this child who doesn't know how to sleep. And yes, then at the age of two plus, then they're going to be in the bedroom with the scare factor as well because Mm -hmm. their imagination has developed. So then you put that on top of that. And that's why children who don't learn to sleep independently early enough will go on to have more sleep issues because their development then plays a part in it so yeah i'm passionate about sleep oh, yeah no i don't sugarcoat it <laughs> that's why i'm so excited to have you on no i i totally agree with that and like i'm trying to think of what we've been doing with you know little ria and it's definitely us that's changed she hasn't changed anything and i think what you just said then i've taken away and gone okay as of tomorrow morning things are going to change <laughs> change happening yeah, but you have to but you have no to more consistent. You can't yeah. do it and then give up because that's not fair on them. Because I don't, I don't ever doubt, and I say it to all of my clients with older babies, babies over six months, I do not doubt for a second that that first 12 hours, there's a slight element of emotional stuff going on for the baby because obviously things have changed. So they're a little bit what's going on. I'm yeah. like, I have to work and ask for things harder now. She asks and, me for water, toilet. Oh, at two. At two, yes. yeah, you don't negotiate. Yeah. They'll ask for anything. They all do it. But you have to be you have to be consistent and ride that wave because, you know, after twenty four hours, literally, your baby goes, This is the normal now. They'll still the protest new- as they're getting used to the new habit. But if you're kind and patient, it's hard for you, but if you're kind and patient and just consistent with your baby and be really mindful of the change and that, you know, it's up to you now to be brave and to show them. Then within 24 hours, it's your baby's new normal. Mm. I wish I could take back time and go back to when Maria was a baby. <laughs> Just start from now. Well, for your so next one. Now I'm going to tell Stelios no more talking to her because when she asks for water, Stelios, my husband, is like, no, no water. We're going to bed. Good night. And I'm like, She's How dehydrated. Can How can you not give her any water? Give them water before they go to bed. Mm. And then you know they've had water. And if they haven't got up and run a marathon, then they don't need water. 
And she's like, okay. <laughs> she's running a marathon in that cot. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> that ex- negotiation. You can negotiate with a terrorist, but you don't negotiate with a two-year-old. So you don't use more than two. Like once you connect with them before that, connect, yeah. connect, connect. Talk yeah. about all of the things, have all the drinks of water, go to the toilet as many times as you want. But when you say it's bedtime, zip it. That's it. And you okay. just guide them and you use whatever you, you show them the beginning. So once you said good night or sleep time, that's the beginning. And so any time after that, you just keep showing them the beginning, which is those words. So she goes, I want water. I want water. Write them down. Sleep time. Right now, and you just keep doing that and doing that and doing that. You can that. do it, Jaden. Oh, you can do it. Glenn <laughs> might be getting Jen in here too. They're all getting Jen. You know, last question because I know we've taken a lot of your time mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful. What is an optimal sleep environment for a baby? Yeah, nice, cool room. Yeah. Whatever you have to do to make that room cool, do it. Obviously, at night time, you don't want a cold room, but particularly if you're doing sleep guidance, you want it nice and cool. They're insulated in the little swaddles or their sleeping bags or wraps. So you want it to be between 19 and no more than 22 degrees. You can darken the room. I'm not into pitch black. If you guide your baby, which I'm passionate about from the beginning, there'll be no need for blackout blinds. But obviously, if you're changing things, then it can help to blackout the light music so i'm not about the white noise anyone that knows what baby knows i'm all about the music and there's reasons for that but music is the better option so streaming music through spotify or off a bluetooth speaker so you want to steal the room during the day with music so if you punch in baby sleep music there's a great one that i recommend all the time and it goes for 24 hours, so you just put it on oh, wow. loop and turn it on just before you put your baby into bed, and it's the first thing you do before you get them up or the last thing you do. And you turn off the music so they know the beginning and the end, and it fills the room. And anyway, it's for di- different stages of development, it, music yeah. works beautifully. The yeah. other thing is the way you swaddle your baby. So arms down before three and a half, four months. So their arms are away whilst that reflex is going on. So mm. their hands aren't near their face. So then transition into like a love to dream with their arms up, but they can learn to self-soothe when they can control their movements. And then when they're rolling around or moving around the cot into a sleeping bag. And I'm also about the nice tight top sheet over the top when they're doing yeah. some sleep guidance with a younger baby. A little while ago, we launched our new What Baby Diaries video series. So I was just all of yeah, us have shown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just about to say, anyone listening series. can like yeah. go onto your Instagram and can also go into your app to have a look because your yeah. videos are yeah. so thorough. So the videos are very much, yeah, they give you the education, the why. It's a process. It's all a process and you need all the information that you can have to then consistently go through that process with your baby. So so there are a process of guiding them to sleep early or changing what's happening for the better. Yeah. Now, Jen, for our listeners that haven't heard of you and what what baby is all about, how do people find you if they want to after they've listened to this episode? The easiest way is probably through Instagram, such as what baby. And there, there's a link tree to my different services and products. So we also have a what store on our website. So you can go to the website, which is www.whatbaby.com. 
www.ethicsafe.com.au and on the website you'll have links and you can get to each of the different resources. So we have an app which guides you through the first six months. Then there's the What Baby Bible, which is the whole 12 months. And now we have our What Baby Diaries video series, which breaks up every stage of development. So you would purchase just the stage you were at or the next stage if you want to know what's coming and what to expect and how to prepare. Then all of those are presented on the website for purchase. And we have a What store as well with all our favorite products, useful products, things that are going to help and be helpful. Yeah. Like the miracle blanket. So good. Like the miracle <laughs> blanket. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It is a miracle. It is a miracle. I went and bought like four of them after so I saw Jen. Also, I've seen that you've done something on YouTube with What Baby. Do you want to just give our listeners a heads up on what that is? Because that's pretty magic. Yeah. So we decided because we wanted people to hear the before and after stories, basically, and people's experience with What Baby. So we started What Baby Conversations, which are just Zoom interviews, a little bit of a chat, and we filmed them and recorded them and popped them on YouTube. And then we started to introduce other experts in this industry, so other experts in feeding and toddlers. We had Jen from Connected Parenting on. And yeah, in the future, I think the next one, we're going to be talking to some women's health physiotherapists. Oh, beautiful. So, you know, just a holistic approach and hopefully conversations that that are going to help mums and dads out there. Amazing. That's a great resource. Yeah. That's a great resource. Mm, yeah. Something that hasn't been done before, I don't think. No. So that's great. Thank you. I know we do have some listeners that have older babies, and I know that you work very closely with newborn to do the first 12 months, but you do work with older babies too, right? I do. Okay. Up to about three, three years. Okay. But then I can refer people on to some other great resources and people that I know in the industry. So we kind of all work together and refer people on to the best fit. That's yeah. Thank you so Thank much you, for Jen. giving us your time. My pleasure. I loved having you loved on. every minute. Thank you. Thanks, guys. If you want to learn more about Jen and What Baby, you can find it at whatbaby.com.au. We will also have a list of additional resources about the topic on our website and blog at mummyvillage.co or follow the link in our bio on Instagram at mummyvillagepod. If you have any questions at all, please send us a DM. We'd love to connect with you. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favourite listening app to keep up to date when we launch our next episode. If you enjoy our show, please leave a positive rating and review so that others can find and enjoy it too. I'm Jaden And I'm Adriana. And you've been listening to the Mummy Village Podcast. Remember, we love you and it's okay to let your kids sleep with you if it's the only way everyone can sleep. I guarantee they'll be back in their own bed before their wedding day. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Swivel. 